With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my hammers eleven. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you made it every time we put new content on. <sighs> Happy New Year to everyone, everyone as well. Um, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, thank, don't forget our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Christ, better not forget them. Um, anyway, I hope everyone is safe and well. Um, today's guest is a regular on um the West Ham Way. Uh, it's Jeff Wilkinson. Hi, Jeff, how are you, man? Hi, Russ. Thanks for having me on, mate. Absolute pleasure. How are you? How's things with you, buddy? Yeah, no, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Obviously, um, just trying to keep keep my mind busy and occupied. So I appreciate doing this this afternoon, actually. It feels fun, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, everything's good, mate. Um, obviously, enjoying at least we've got some elite sport on the telly and West Ham are doing all right for us. So it's keeping me going. They are, isn't it? They are. It's like we just spoke before we started. Um, you know, how 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 could how do we cope with that sort of 100 days without no Premier League football? But it was different then because before then we were shit. And so, you know, 100 days without us looking at the league table wasn't a bad thing. Um, whereas, like, now it's like if we had 100 days, it would be typical, wouldn't it? Typical West Ham. Um, right, back then, every, every weekend that passed where we uh, we didn't get beat was uh, was uh, a reprieve. But now result, yeah. I look forward to every game. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'm even looking forward to this this cup game and seeing a, seeing a few of the other players getting, getting a chance and... It's um yes, it's not it's not a terrible time to be a West Ham fan at the moment, is it? No, no, it ain't. And it's it's, it's such a typical West Ham thing because we always every time we seem to get into a a bit of a, a role, um, something happens whether it's an international break or the season ends or something like that, and we come back and we're always shit for about two or three weeks until we sort of get back into it again. And you know, I, I mean, that's why I was quite glad that you know Boris decided that elite sport continues because. For a purely West Ham perspective than anything else, it's uh, it means hopefully we can keep this run going while it while it lasts. Enjoy it while it lasts, isn't it, mate? To be honest, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely essential um, that that elite sport keeps going. And you know, it's, if if people are locked down in their houses and they can't socialise, they can't see their friends and family. If you turn the telly on and you've got something that can can occupy you, then then it's a godsend for mental health. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it's get the, you know the mental health battle at the moment so i think it's time and i'm and that's the first thing um in the whatsapp group with, with all the lads last night as as boris was talking about um the lockdown everyone was just going right but is, is football still going and and it yeah. just shows how many people have got their hopes pinned on that um so um it's great news that it, it was still going ahead well it's a distraction isn't it it's a distraction away from things and it's like not just the 90 minutes but it's the lead up it's the aftermath it's the analysis you know the west ham ways and amateur chat and west ham tan tv and orange united and a lot um and west ham unofficial don't forget jake's channel um and uh and it's everything everything around it stems from football it's like now yeah. we haven't got west ham until the, until this stockport game really we had but that sort of merit that sprint of like six game three games in six days or something ridiculous and now nothing and then it's like you know 
you can see how the how the content has gone like down because we haven't got nothing to talk about apart from you know rubbish transfer rumors and stuff but you know not having anything there and not having any football was just yeah i don't think we realized i think fortunately last time the proper lockdown um it was a sunny it was sunny and hot weren't it so he's in the in the garden and yeah. paddling pools and stuff now it's like drip and drab and it's pissing it down and it's all gray at least the football can keep us going and we're all spurs fans uh, not spurs fans we're all brentford fans tonight aren't we so um yeah we're yeah, supporting brentford today so although at least we'll be going out afterwards but it doesn't matter um so hopefully they'll do the job and that, that will cheer up the whole nation apart from a little small group in north london yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. And at least throughout this lockdown, we'll have VAR to squabble about. Um, exactly. So it'll keep, it'll keep us occupied. So it's, we're in a better spot than we were before. So um, yeah. that's good. It's, good. it's good news. Really positive um, from that side of things. Yeah. And also there's like, you know, unlike the first couple of lockdowns, we say, um, you've got that sort of, there is a sort of light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? You see, you know, with in terms or well, relative light in front of the tunnel in terms of you know the vaccines and stuff, and you know, I reckon Easter. That's what I reckon. I reckon Easter, and then that's a year basically, pretty much. We've been locked down, to be fair, and let's be honest. But I reckon Easter is when everything's going to be relatively normal. I don't think, obviously, no one will be back in the stadium until next season. That's for sure. Um, at the very least, I think. But uh, and I think that's what people miss. It's not that necessarily the, the watching the football because you could probably watch the game a lot better. Really, it's Sorry, the uh, yeah. it's yeah, the right. It's right. Don't be silly. Don't be silly, Jeff. Um, but it's not necessarily the foot the actual match itself. Because I said you could probably watch you watch a better view on your telly at the moment. Um, but it's meeting all the lads, going for a pine. Yeah the camaraderie and you can't really recreate that on a zoom call can you really um you can try you can try yeah the same yeah no i i've i've not done any of the um zoom watch alongs it's um i i i like you so i miss it so much going to the games you know i've had a season ticket for a long time so um yeah. i'm just looking forward to getting back to it and in the meantime i just sit at home watch it on the telly and have a beer and and, and try and enjoy it as best I can. I've got used to, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I've got used to the fact that there's no fans in the stadium and yeah. uh, I don't use the plastic crowd noise. Um, I uh, I just watch it as it comes. Um, if, yeah. anything, if anything, it's a bit interesting because you, you hear things that you wouldn't normally hear and and that sort of thing. So it's um, it's just one of them things at the moment. Like you yeah. say, it's, an, it's a write-off, I, I'd say, from a spectator's point of view. But um, hopefully we can get a full season next season. Um, but hopefully, yeah, he's out in it. We'll see. It's one of those things as well. You said I'm on the same with you when I when I watch the away games, I was at the home games, but the away games, and I I listen to the without no crowd noise for the exact same reason because you just hear things you would normally hear. You how the how the players interact, who's the shouters, who the the marshals. You know, it's like Craig Dawson was marshaling yeah, the last two games. You know, what I mean, it's like fair play to the man. You know, um, that takes some balls. You know. Someone who's just got in the team and shouting everyone about who's played you know, half a season already there. Um, and the managers and the bench and yeah, you, know, you hear a lot more and you think, Yeah, we've we've got a good we've got a good team. We've got a good team spirit. And I think it's 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 evident when you hear those things. And I and like I, I like the way the club do a lot more of the behind the scenes, you know, like off the games and stuff like that, partly because we win. So that, that, yeah. that precipitates yeah. you have, you have to have a more on there, but you know, see how, how, you know, the, the, the camaraderie, you know, that Everton game and Moyes had his arm around Aaron Cresswell and they're chatting and Dex is, you know, it's like, Oh my God, you know, that's massive. Yeah. We've beaten these teams and yeah, it's all good. I love it. Yeah. 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 It's, team, it's just his team spirit now. Do you know, it's just a sense of, I can't for a long time. I can't remember the last time we had like a real togetherness as a, as a squad, like an obvious togetherness, you know, rather than I think for a lot, a lot you know, many years, we've had a team of 11 who, you know, just 11 individuals who are just all wearing the same shirt. Whereas now we seem to have a team, do you know what I mean? Like a togetherness. Well, um, you know, that's the, the theme of my hammers 11 today is around leadership and, and guys that, play for the badge and play for their teammates and not necessarily just themselves because you know there's lots of flair players that have come in and out but um it's those guys that have really picked us up and carried us um when when we've needed them and that's that's what how i've picked my team on for, for this show. and actually off the back of that the, the best player i've ever seen in a west ham shirt isn't in my team but we'll uh we'll get to 
Yeah, he was a team player, was he? Jonathan Spector, he was a team player. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we know him. We know. Jonathan Spector, those two guys from <laughs> United. Um, uh, yeah, I actually was watching his, the 2010 season review yesterday and, and Johnny Spector cracking goal against Everton, I think it was. It's like, oh my God. And then Freddie Picky on, God bless him, gets sent off for a second yellow card celebrating the uh, what was going to be the winner at Everton. Oh, just, such a West Ham thing. Um, but anyway, anyway, we'll talk about the 11 in a minute. About West Ham um, yes. itself, um, the, the first question I usually ask people is, is the same one, really. Why are you a West Ham fan, Jeff? What's your story, man? Um, well, it took me a little while to find the to find the right path. Uh, <laughs> so, um, my 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 granddad was uh, was a Mancunian, um, moved down here after the war, and subsequently, my dad is is an avid Man United supporter. So, as a as a kid, um, I was in uh, Man United. Everything, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Before I had a choice in the matter. It was wallpaper and bed sheets and replica shirts with gigs on the back. Or Lee Sharp actually was my first one. Um, so that was it growing up, but I always had an interest in, in, in West Ham, um, because my granddad on my mum's side, um, is a West Ham supporter. Mm. Um, and my best mate from when we, I was a young, really young kid who's my best mate. Now we, we, we go together with season ticket holders together now, um, he's a West Ham supporter and all his family. So I always sort of had an eye on it, but, um, I was never that interested in Man United or West Ham. I never went to a game. Um, and then one, it was around about the turn of the millennium, around that sort of time, my mate said to me, look, why don't you come to a game with us, like with, with his family? And um, yeah. I went up there, so it's probably, I must have been about 13, something like that. And um, I just never looked back, mate. I just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't the, what team it was. It was, it was just being there, being amongst it and being part of something and all the singing and it was it was just fantastic and um i just never looked back i wanted to go the next week and the next week you know and then it came to a game where we you know we play man united and i'm thinking <laughs> you know what i mean so i had to have yeah. the conversation with me with granddad and me, uh, about it and um i just never looked back mate um i just talked the bargain i wanted to go every week uh that was the the big thing for me and you, you can't do that being a man united supporter um yeah. and i I've been to Old Trafford now, but that's on away days at West Ham. Yeah, I suppose that's that's the thing as well. You know, with with like everyone I've interviewed, over you know two hundred and fifty odd people, and everyone's not said. Everyone basically said, oh, "I went the first time, and then I was hooked." No one yeah. said, oh, "I went first time; it was all right." Uh, about a year later, I decided to do it. Again. No, everyone's hooked, and they want to go to the next game, the next game. And there's something about West Ham, and it might just be about every football club, and it's how people associate themselves. But it does seem from this, from the inside out, that that West Ham fans are these sort of unique bunch of people, and they have this undying love for this team, which is one bugger all in the last forty-one years. Um, and it's just crazy how I mean you you obviously you, know, obviously you contributed quite a bit to the the West Ham way stuff, um, and seeing all the different fans from different countries and and yeah. and the, the the commitment of some of these people you know they get up you know people like Angus and stuff you know four thirty doing the bloody watch alongs on the West Ham way and stuff like that, it's mental considering one bugger all why this fan base is this incredible you know commitment and passion for this weird little club in east london um, i think it's why, why we, you touched on it why that's why we feel that way because we don't we don't win a lot um you know and we we over the years have been get beat more times than we than we win it on, on a saturday yeah. afternoon. and um it just it, it's such a high when we do win you know and obviously this year's been a little bit different we're and, and, I'm, and i'm and i'm loving it but you know we're we're not here supporting this team because we're winning loads of games it's no. as you get when when we when we do do it you know and we get those um we don't have a team full of you know 11 superstars but you get that one that comes along um and it's it's magical when it happens and i think that's why we're particularly passionate about it yeah yeah it makes sense and obviously as you said once you get that one that one little wizard he then becomes you know that this sort of like is put on a pedestal, and we've always had a wizard, haven't we? Or you know, a player. Or, you know, we hope Benrahma might be our next wizard. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But you know, it's, and and as long as that wizard doesn't upset the ba the balance of the team, we we you know we uh, we drawn to them. Um, 
and you're right it's like it's, it's about and and particularly this team now as you said it's like you know someone said to me the other day would you know would you like to be a man city or liverpool and i don't think i would i really don't because i think that us not winning anything or well, us winning something would be nice yeah a cup or something like that but us us winning yeah. you know, not all the time means when we do win as you said it's so much sweeter um and there's so there's something so west out and i said it the other day and and, and it makes a really good point when we beat Everton, you know, it's like, great. We beat Everton, you know, is it 10th, 26 points? Brilliant. And then the next, in the next breath, someone goes, 14 points to go. 14 yeah, points. Yeah. Not the yeah. fact we're 10th and we're pushing for Europe and we can have a good cup run. No, we need to get 14 more points for them. We're saying, you know, it's always like yeah, that. In the back of your mind, you're thinking, you're thinking we're massive, but in the back of your mind, you're going, oh, I can't wait to get them 14 points. <laughs> I mean, there's always that in there. There's never, it's never, we're never completely one way. So um, <laughs> it's exciting, doesn't it? It's, it, I mean, it's not always the best, but it's, um, it's always interesting, isn't it? There's really. always something going on, and, that, and that's why I think there's so many West End YouTube channels as well, because there's always something to talk about, whether it is the playing or the, or, or you know, what I do, obviously the nostalgia bit, or you know, what's going on and transfers, and you know, I feel sorry for like I don't know the Southampton youtube channel what do they talk about you know what i mean it's like they've got like a manager's doing all right they've got a team that's doing they've got a setup system you know what do they yeah, talk yeah. about what can they talk about apart from you know how good uh i don't know how good danny ings is that's all they can yeah. talk about there's nothing exciting you know we've, we there's always something going on someone having a row about something or someone being sold behind someone's back or you know or, or history stuff with red nap and bonds you know there's always something there's always a story somewhere and um no i love it i think it's I, someone said to me the other day, you know, would you, what was it? So if, if Scarlett Johansson came in and said, right, Russ, one night with me, but you can't support West Ham ever again. I'd be like, no, no, sorry. Cause that only last 30 seconds. Whereas, you know, <laughs> West Ham's a lifetime, isn't it really? And a lifetime like, of misery, Russ. Uh, no. Over 30 seconds. Eh? Well, you know, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, but you know, I mean, it's so true though, because I just think it's it's so it's a way of life. It's not about being, you know, you wouldn't see people, you know, move. You know, we had like glory hunters, and like they were Man United, then they were Chelsea, now they're Liverpool. Uh, you know, you wouldn't get that with West Ham. It's just, once you're in, you're in, and it's um, it's a way of life. And I just, I just, I, I, I adore it. I adore it. It's frustrating as hell sometimes, um, but um, it's a hell of a ride, isn't it? You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You know, you open the pages to, you know, like the weekend. You go, okay, Lanzini's decided he wanted to have a Christmas party. I, you know, nothing surprises me at West Ham now. Nothing surprises me. It's like you know it's it's um, did you used to watch uh, Dream Team on Sky One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that without the murders, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Until they find the, <laughs> until they find the bodies, but they put it up, to they, up to parks already filled up now, so you can't see that now. No, you're joking. Um, but no, it's, it's. I think it's fun. I love it. I just think, and everyone, and you get a special group of people. We get a special group of fans. Um, they're hardened because they haven't won anything in you know so forty-one years. Typical West Ham. They probably win the cup this year, and then there'll be, be no fans at Wembley. <laughs> no, it's gonna happen. It's just such a West Ham thing for it to happen. But um, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see how we go. I, um, I, you know, I'd love to see a cup run, but ultimately for me, it's about the league and just keep pushing on. And I'm conscious that we've got a threadbare squad um, depth wise, so um, cup would be great. But um, it's all yeah. about performance at the moment and it pushing up the table. I, I think yeah. I want us to consolidate as a top half team like that. You know, and, and beyond. But at the moment, that's where we need to be, and and when we're crying out for it as a fan base to, to mm. be one of the bigger sides. I hate being this relegation fodder team yeah. um, and being in the same discussions as those other teams, which I feel that we're bigger than. So that that's mm. the priority for me. Yeah, you're right. I think it's, I think we need, I think it's got to be incremental improvements each year, you know, baby steps. We tried this massive step change. We went with Pellegrini and spent all this money and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's like, you look at other teams that did it, bar Man City, but they had the money to keep going. They keep money to plug. When you look at someone like, you sound like Blackburn. So when, when Wastone came in, he spent all that money, they won the league and now they're floundering in the championship because they've got no, you need to build it up. And it seems that Moyes has got, 
he knows that he, that needs to happen. So he wants to build. He said he wants to build the academy. He wants to build yeah. uh, recruitment, uh, you know, setups and things like that. And then you can start investing because you know, look at someone like Brentford. You know, Brentford's they, they're their things fantastic. Their recruitment, you know. Event, I mean, obviously, the, the the people I think we should be looking at are people like Leicester. You look at Leicester. Leicester's where we should be. We yeah, should be yeah. that in terms of yeah. infrastructure and stuff. And they haven't spent million hundreds of millions of pounds on players they spend it well they've got good setup and you know if brendan rogers goes you know, I don't know chelsea nick him wherever and fat frank gets sacked then they'll get another manager in and it will carry on you know there's there's like a progression there and there's a, and and we see that now with Moyes. i definitely see this sort of project being built now um it's, it's exciting times to be a west Ham fan i think it really is yeah i it's think really so. there's a real togetherness at the club yeah uh, that i believe he's down to Moyes. Um, yeah. probably not down to the board. Um, I think that is down to Moyes, and you can see that that the that the players are playing for him. His staff respect him and, and look up to him, and and they look even for guidance. They don't, you, you know, when he was um, working from home for them two weeks, Wayne <laughs> Irvine spoke about him in the interviews. You know, um, it just showed the respect that's there. And you know, when Dex Strawdy ran straight over to him. Um, exactly. You can see that it's really together. He's he's the boss. They know he's the boss, and they're playing for him. Um, and I, I I I think it's great. I haven't seen that at our club for. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. No, actually, I've never seen it. Um, so, and he's making all the right noises, isn't he, about the recruitment and the yeah. foundation? Um, he strikes me as a doer, someone who you know he will actually crack on with what he's saying. So, um, you know, his his in-game stuff sometimes, and his substitutions, and his weird starting 11s and formations at times um are frustrating but um for the most part i don't think i'd swap him um uh, at all for for, no. for moment, really for, for what we he's doing it, you know? exactly he's he's what we need he he is what we need for the time being and you said that the and what i like about what he's the staff he's brought in and moisey is they're all football men do you know what i mean yeah. you know them do you know what i mean it's like when you've got um the last time I reckon uh, was probably the Allardyce years because you knew who the backroom staff were really by name and they were all ex-professionals or they'd been yeah. in the game for a while. Um, apart from obviously with Slav, obviously, you know, Julian, but you couldn't know the names of anyone else. So they one of them is now the Dortmund manager, isn't it? Isn't he the assistant? Um, whereas now, you know, we've, we've Moise's backroom staff. It's Nolan, it's Stuart Pierce, it's Alan yeah. Irvine. It's, you know, it's feeling it, these guys are the guys who have been in the game and know football inside out. And it just, yeah, it's just, it's just really nice to see. And as you said, you're totally right. When Dex scored first person, he hugs was Moise. They seem to respect him. He seems to has the, he's, he's got that old school mentality about him as being a bit of a, you know, you wouldn't want to underperform at halftime and go into the dressing room with him and <laughs> and Pearcey and Kevin Nolan. Then I'll be scared shitless of them. I so uh, I know it didn't work out for him, but I can see why Alex Ferguson wanted Moyes yeah. as successor um, yeah. for, the, for for exactly the what, what you just pointed out there. Um, I think oh, he probably turned out to be um, probably tactically not quite there um, for getting the best out of the group of players that he had. But um, it, it, you can see the qualities in him, why Ferguson rated him so highly. Of course. And and I think he was, I think he's, um, people forget about the, obviously the Man United and Sunderland and Rio Sociedad, you know, at Everton, he was there for 10 years, you know, and he got them yeah. from a relatively relegation, very similar to us, a relegation team um, up to, you know, champions league qualifiers and things like that and and he says he wants to build another everton and i i can see that i can see there's there's that definite want in there and it's it's probably gonna be his, it probably will be his last appointment as a as a as a full-time premier league manager probably so hopefully get a few years and um yeah i'm just it's just yeah and i think man united i think he was he was never going to succeed um, it was too big a job for him, and the, obviously the squad was aging. Ferguson got out at the right time. It's like Wenger. Wenger yeah. got out. Of, Wenger got out of Arsenal the right time as well, didn't he? Just as the squad was getting all shit um, and these major investments. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a gamesmanship. But yeah, no, I think it's great. Right, anyway, anyway, let's let's, let's talk about your eleven, Jeff. Let's talk about your Hammers eleven. So as I said, everyone we've had on the channel, um, 
they've given their 11. So the idea is um, you can pick whatever criteria. We sort of mentioned it briefly already, what criteria you're going to be um, using, but we can go over that again. Um, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Um, otherwise, we'd have all put Bobby Moore in our team, but none of us saw Bobby Moore, apart from some very lucky people. Um, so, it's, you know, that's not really our era. So why should we have to put yeah. him? So, um, so do you want to just go over your 11 again, just in case people have just skipped it and just gone to the 11? Because that's what happens. So some people do that, I'll be honest. I don't play <laughs> to us waffle for 20 minutes. Yeah, some people just like skip, 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 skip. They, they wait to see the, num- the names come up on the on the page. Some people say, oh, can we have the old one when we have the team sheet on the left? No, because I know people literally skip. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, yeah, so as we touched on earlier, my 11, um, to make it into this team you have to have leadership um leadership qualities um where you where you you pull you, you know you can put the team on your back and carry yeah. it and chips are down um no individuals people playing for the badge um that that is the criteria to get into this team so nice okay becky, so let, let, let's start in goal then mate who's in goal for this team then um so in goal i've gone for the most reliable goalkeeper i've seen um play for for west ham in my in my um, era of watching, and that is Robert Green. Oh, sorry, Robert. Oh, sorry, sorry, Robert Green. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Green. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's just solid, wasn't he? He's solid, reliable. I can't remember seeing him make too many mistakes. I think he had a balanced skill set. Um, you know, he's a good shot stopper. His distribution was all right. Um, he commanded his box well. Um, he didn't flap about at set pieces. I just thought. All told, he was a decent keeper. Not the best keeper I've ever seen, but at West Ham, he was he was the most reliable. The only person that's come close is Fab. Um, it, in fact, it was um, there was a couple of positions where you know, like everyone, I would have had a bit of a, a, a toss up as to who to put in, and it was close with him and Fab. But um, I, I decided to punt for Rob Green. Yeah, and as you said, he was he was. Um, I mean, we had obviously loads of ex players on on the channel, and and. Lots of goalkeepers for some reason. We have loads of goalkeepers. I don't know what it is, but um, and we had Jimmy on, and Jimmy was talking about when he's coaching kids, and obviously he's at Ipswich goalkeeper coach at the moment, Ipswich Town, and he gets them all to watch like, ever, like videos of Robert Green because yeah. he was like he was the ultimate professional, not the best, not the best goalkeeper. He said Roy Carroll was the best goalkeeper he ever worked with, but um, Rob Green just such a hard worker and. And yeah, just like a, and he's and he's a bit, and he's always a bit different, you know. That's that's what they always said, you know. When you talk about all the players who who played with Greeno, he was a different character to them, and um, even more so as a goalkeeper, he'd you know watch, uh, he'd read the newspapers and read the Financial Times and the tra- on the team bus and stuff like that. And um, I did enjoy his haircut, his Seamus from WWE haircut when the first lockdown it's a lot sen- more sensible now now he's doing sky sports but um yeah that was quite fun he's a good he's, yeah, he's a good lad it's been um it's now now he's taken up more of a pundit role um it's, it's been quite nice see, seeing him on the telly and getting a yeah. bit more of his personality i mean he was um although my 11 is a, a lot about leadership um he, he was one of them quieter guys yeah. you know, yeah. did, but then there was no drama was there there was no thrill no. Um, and and that's leading by example. You know, he always did his job, um, didn't complain. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see him on Sky Sports now with his dodgy suits and trainer combos. Yeah, uh, and a bit of personality. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed that. So um, yeah, he is. He's quite funny, isn't he? He's got, got a very dry sense of humour. Um, no, he's top man. Right. Okay. Uh, who's next? Who's next? Then, Jeff? Um, you're feeling right back, shall we? Sure, go for it, man. Um, so the right back I've gone for. Uh, and crucially, this is the right back version of Repka, and not the centre back, completely crazy version. He <laughs> um, was one of my 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 sort of earliest um, memories, really, of uh, you know, of a, a player that I just loved watching play, and yeah. that Repka because he was he was no nonsense. You could see that um, he put the fear of God into the opposition um, after as well when he came in and was playing centre back and obviously with the sendings off and, and his and his disciplinary problems, I just thought like although when you're a kid it's mildly amusing, you're thinking, what's this guy doing? Like we don't need this. And then transitioning to right back, I he's just a different player. Um and yeah, I, I thought he could he could get up and down quite well for such a a, a big guy. Do you know what I mean? I I've because I where I used to sit behind the goal see his runs and it used to make me laugh he would like he would like be going like this like up and down the line but um 
I just I thought he's yeah he's a good player and and he was no nonsense, which is what I wanted out of my back line that I've picked today. Yeah, yeah, he's it's funny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the cent, the right back version of Thomas Repke and the centre back are two very different characters, considering that they're in essence the same person. No, and actually, I think Repke became more of a West Ham hero having finished his career because obviously then yeah. he got jailed, didn't he? And and, and all the all the stories that come out. It, and he's still scary he's, he's still he's yeah. still a scary man you know we, we're we're, in, we're trying to, i'm trying to get him on and uh on the show and uh even when he texts me he's it's still i still get nervous you know he's he's in like czech republic and, and i'm and <laughs> my phone he still scares me just by a, a text it might be a thumbs up but you can it's probably an aggressive thumbs up Thomas the, the, the things that he's been banged up for and, and yeah. the stuff had been booked for and and um banned for over the years all crazy things <laughs> you know not like um you know like an overzealous tackle you no. talk about in someone or you know there's always, there's always a little bit of an extreme with him but um when he when he kept those bits out of his game he was he, at right back he was solid and i, I thought he'd done yeah. he'd done a really good job for us he did yeah i mean he was he was our record signing from florentina wasn't he at the time as well and um and i think also and that's why I'd like to talk to him about it because I, I think also that was the first time I really believe that's the first time that he was properly loved as a player. Do you know what I mean? Because like that last game, you know, when he when we were, you know the cold crowd was super super tom super tom, he was crying and getting emotional. I reckon yeah. that's the first time a crowd had done that to him. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, it'd be interesting. One day, he's promised me one day. Christ, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be a good, that'd be a funny one. That'd be a funny one, wouldn't it? Um, right, we'll put Tommy Rep career. Who's next, man? Uh, centre back. Um, first one I've gone for um, is Rio Ferdinand. Yep. Um, I just thought just an absolute Rolls Royce of a player. Um, and and again, such such leadership qualities to come in and play regular football at 19 as a centre half at that level um, and get hammered a year at, at 19 years old. Um, it just goes to show that he's a cut above, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Um, I thought he had, not only did he have a bit of everything, but he he excelled at everything. Mm. Uh, you know, whether that whether that's just balls coming into the box and, and him in the air, or but he was so elegant with the ball at his feet as well. His decision-making was, was top-notch, and obviously it's a testament, really, the career he went on to have. So uh, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. You, when you think of it in that respect, you know, and I think it's different now. For example, you know, someone like Deck, for example. I mean, you know, he's he's young when he started, but you think back then to be a nineteen-year-old and and have that impact. Yeah. Then nowadays, it's sort of like not not expected, but you know, kids are starting from seventeen, eighteen. You know, in terms of getting breaking into the first team, whereas there, a nineteen-year-old breaking into the first team and making such an impact, so much so he won the hammer of the year. Um, is is mental really it, yeah. when you think of it now um especially in that position you, you, yeah. got, you know there's playing at cent playing at center half there's so much responsibility on you um and it's not you know it's not like you're part of a midfield three and if you have an off day you might have a Declan Rice next year that can yeah. you up you, you you're playing center half there's such a responsibility mm-hmm. on your shoulders and and he just he just took to it like a duck to water didn't he yeah definitely right we'll put Rolls Royce in who's next man um well, I've been saying I've been saying uh, Winston Reid the whole time, but I've made a last ditch change, and it's going to transfer. It's going to be a bonner. Uh, it, it it it's got got everything's telling me. Oh, my heart was telling me Reid, but my head's my head's telling me a bonner. Um, well, so far, you you'd have picked a team of beginning with ours. You'd have had Robert Green, Tom Repka, Rio, and you could have had Reid, but no, you're a bonner. Oh well, so, <laughs> no. What it comes down to is um, the influence that he has on our team. I mean, if he's in it, we win. And if he's out of it, we could easily lose. Um, it's, he's so important to us now. Um, everyone looks to him. The, the confidence that he gives all the players around him, the, from the goalkeeper to, the, to, you know, to, to deck in front of him, um, I, ju- I just think that you've got to have him in. And that's taking nothing away from Reid because it was it was tight and and the big goals Reid scored were fantastic. But Ogbonna scored equal amounts of big goals for us. You know, obviously not the famous one against Man United, but um, I think a back a back post header against Liverpool, I believe um, Ogbonna was a highlight. Yeah. Um, he's got to be in there. And I think with Ogbonna, I think 
it's funny because you look at like oh, look at now and Diop like can't get a look in. Ogbon um, has been the consistent one over the last few ga- few seasons. There was a time where he was injured and it was Diop and Balbuena, but pretty soon, as soon as Ogbonna was fit, he was back in the squad. He was back in the starting lineup because he was that important. Whereas now you see Diop and Balbuena when they both were injured. They were almost interchangeable. It's a bit even now Dawson and Balbuena, but obviously Bonner is that consistent, um, that consistent player amongst that back, whether it's two or three, they're playing at centre backs. And as you said, the last three or four, the last three seasons particularly, he's been playing out of his skin, you know, so much so obviously he got back into the Italian side. Obviously he got injured, he couldn't couldn't play. But, you know, fair play to the boy. He's um He's, he's he's done fantastic for us, hasn't he? Yeah, he's getting better with age. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's got a couple more years probably playing at this elite level that he seems to have found. So um, I think it's happy days for us, and um, and it's brilliant for him as well. Like you say, getting the recognition again, getting put in the international t- team for Italy, um, it's brilliant. So uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me in the end. Yeah, definitely right. Okay, uh, Angelo's in. Who is next? Left back, maybe. I'm having to go back as far as my brain and your rules will allow for this one. And we're sticking with, we're sticking with the theme of the right back. Um, we're going to go Julian Dix. Yeah. Um, I, I, as a kid, even before I was fully converted to, to, to I used to love watching him play those bullet penalties. Um, yeah. he, he, his defensive awareness was great, but he'd go, he'd go, go forward and get goals, wouldn't he? And, 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 and be an attacking threat as well. He, you know, he, much like Repco, he put the fear of God into 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 opposition. I think the, the team was stronger with him in it, um, and he's gone on to be an absolute Hammers legend. So um, there there was no other choice for me than than Julian Dix. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just just an inspirational player, wasn't he? Really, um, both on you know on the the pitch and the team, but the crowd as well. You know, he's just like he was a he was a conductor from left back. He was it was incredible, absolutely incredible player. He's um, he was. Um, no, I loved him, loved Julian. Right, okay. Uh, there's your back four. There's your goalkeeper. Who's next? Who's next, then, Jeff? Well, sticking with the, the the leadership qualities that I've been looking for, this is the captain of the team for me, and it is Declan Rice as yeah. a defensive midfielder, not as a centre back. As big fat, big fat Frank keeps going on about, he is a defensive midfielder, and that's that's how it needs to be. Yeah, uh, yeah again, like you know, the same way I spoke about Rio. Um, he is a Rolls Royce of a player. He does everything well. He does all the simple stuff, but he does it to, to a high level. Um, and he, he he's got a fantastic career ahead of him. And I just hope that it's with us. Um, yeah. I, think, I think if he drops into that Chelsea side as a centre half, um, it's not going to do him any favours. And I hope that he knows that. Um, and he's being advised, regardless of whatever money is thrown his way, because he, he needs to stay as a, as a as a midfielder for me. Yeah, I, th- I think with him as well, I think he, he know, I mean, I think, do you remember like, there was, I think there was one guy, was it the Everson game in the cup where Moyes put him at centre back and he was dreadful. Yeah. And it was like to prove that he's not, you know, he was, I mean, obviously he was a centre back all the way through his, you know, youth team career and on the 23s and they moved him into central midfield. Um, it's funny, we were talking to um, to Mark Phillips, who's the under-18 coach. He's been there for like 14 years at West Ham. And and he a similar thing happened with Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson was a central midfield player. And and basically, they can, they said to him, look, you go right back. He's like, I don't want to go right back. Well, okay, if you go right back, you will be Premier League right back. If you go yeah. centre midfield, you'll be probably playing Ryman League, you know, it's just because of yeah. the, the quality. And that's the same with Dick. I mean, funny, nowadays, you can get a decent... I mean, they've got... Thiago Silva didn't know on a free transfer as a centre back, and you can buy centre backs. But Declan Rice's position is so unusual, um, and he somehow has such an influence. Him and Suchek together, arguably, is I think is the best, one of the best midfield pairings in the, in the league. I really do. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think don't... on their game, they're awesome. I let the secret out though. We don't want anyone thinking it. I know, I know. It's like when the old, the, the worst thing is it's 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 fantasy football league, isn't it? And Thomas Suchek, you know, it's like he was like he was like the the one under the he was the good one. If you're a West Ham fan, you put Suchek in your fantasy team. You've yeah. done all right this season. So yeah, uh, I, mean, I think for both of them, um, that the, the, I mean, particularly for Deck, it's his engine, um, yeah. and be wasted at centre half. You know, um, his engine to get box to box. He's really this year he's added that um, that he. 
didn't have so much before, but he's added that box to box now. You see him with surging runs, like genuine pace, um, and and sort of jumping in on attacks. So I think I think that engine needs to be utilised, and the position he's playing now, you get you get the, the most out of him. Yeah, and what I like about him as well is is <clears throat> and someone was talking about this the other day. You know, he's if you watch him walk around the pitch, right? He walks around the pitch like he's a teenager. Honestly, he walks around like. He walks yeah. around like this, and then as soon as the game's like on, he's off. But you what? He walks around like he doesn't look like a football player, and he walks about. He has, you know, he hasn't got that stance. You know, some football players have this little gravitas when they walk onto the pitch. He's, he strolls on, but then as soon as the whistle's gone, or as soon as there's a fifty-fifty challenge for a ball, or there's him going on this sort of like you know commanding run, he's just switched back on. It's it's, it's such a funny. It's just so funny, you know. Now, now, someone mentioned it. I can't stop watching Declan Rice just walking around the pitch now, and he does. He he's his shoulders like slump forward. He's like Kevin, the teenager. And then as soon as the ball, he's like, right, I'm going to be a football player now. Um, been so he's not been to me. It doesn't look like he's been media trained or no, totally. Been told because I know. I think because he's a he's clearly a good lad. Um, yeah. to him, just just be yourself. Do what you need to yeah. do. And I think he's just got his heart on his sleeve all the time. And, um, yeah, fantastic player for us. I just desperately hope that we can keep hold of him. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, totally. And I think you're right. It's There's there's a sense of inevitability, isn't it, about him, you know, eventually moving. Um, but the longer we can keep him, obviously, the better for us, isn't it? And the, the higher his price will rise as well. Because, you know, he's playing more and more games. You know, the, and what I like about Deck as well is, when Nobes wasn't in the team, you know the guy was twenty one or whatever, twenty two. There was no, there was no sort of, no qualms about him being the captain. Everyone knew he was going to be the captain, and he's like, he's twenty two. You know, he's not like, you know, he's he's young. He's he's really young, but he's the captain of our club when he's when Mark Noble's not on the pitch, and but he still has that respect. And I I I, I know some people criticise him, but I I love the fact that he gives Mark the 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 armband when he comes on the pitch because it just shows it's, it does show respect to the man yeah. that he's not yeah. and rightly so and, and his yeah. time days his time will come uh, potentially next season i mean i could i could see mobile you know if he if he does stay for another year i could see him um passing the armband um because clearly rice is going to play every minute and noble's not going to play too many so it, it would make sense but um we'll have to, we'll have to see how that unfolds yeah definitely definitely right okay dexy Who's next? Who's next, Jim? Um, uh, the second man in midfield is Scott Parker. Scotty P. Um, I just, again, just a leader. Um, you, I mean, you can see the way he's a, as a manager at Fulham, you know, the way he speaks. He, he, he's, he, he's a good leader. He leads by example. Um, and the, the biggest thing for me was the influence that he, that he had on his teammates. I actually thought after a year playing with Parker, I thought Noble was a different player. And after yeah. after Parker left, Noble was doing a lot of the things that Parker used to do um, that, that Noble would, would never have done before. And I'm talking about the way he picked the ball up, but he'd take, he'd take his time, he'd have a look, he'd, he'd be out of turn and create a bit of space for himself. Where, and I thought he added that to his game. And, it, and that, that was the way Scott Parker played. So I thought the influence he had on his, on his teammates was brilliant. And I also felt, well, we all know he, he played in a fairly, in a struggling side. Um, and he was like playing Champions League level ability football in, in a relegation battle. Yeah. If, if the other players had, had played anywhere near to the level that Scotty Parker was playing, we, we wouldn't have any problems at all. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, hugely influential player. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's got a big part in the side. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and I think also, you know, the effects Scott Parker had on West Ham, you're, you're seeing that now with Declan Rice because, like, then, you know, Mark Noble was the understudy and Mark Noble was learning off Scott Parker and then now Deck was the understudy to Mark Noble. And was, and was like, it's like a circle of life type thing. Um, yeah, and how they've all passed down the, the Parker pirouette. That's, that's something I quite like. The fact that they all, obviously, Parker did it, Noble did it, and, and Deck started to do it as well now. So it's like it's like a rite of passage when you can start doing a Parker pirouette. But yeah, when people talk about commitment, until people talk about work rate, I mean, I used to see Parker literally crawl out of the player's entrance up some park into his car. He'd put so much into a team. And as you said, he didn't have a great team. He kept him on his back for three years, basically. Um but yeah, no, he was a phenomenal player. 
phenomenal player for us. And, you know, winning Hammer of the Year three years in a row, winning the Football Writers Player of the Year, the season went down as well. Uh, you know, I'll, I wouldn't mind seeing him as, as a manager with us one day. Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, and, you know, it was obviously a shame shame that he left us for Spurs, but um, yeah. you, you can't... I, I didn't hold anything against him at that no, point. me neither. Is all. And we unfortunately... We weren't in a position. I mean, you know, he had um, international aspirations still at that point. Um, so who, who could blame him? Um, I, I went to Watford away um, that season, um, and he popped up with a goal in the championship. Well, that was his last game, wasn't he? If he went to Spurs, we knew it. It hadn't been uh, you know, confirmed, but um, I was at that game at Watford, and he popped up with a with a lovely goal. And and I said to me mate, um, I said, oh, that, you know, that, that's that's the last that's the last we'll see of him. And and it was, but um, yeah, fair play to him. He, he deserved whatever move he wanted, whether that be Spurs or or whatever yeah, else. Totally, I totally agree. Right, we will put Scott in. We write that note. Who is next? Uh, so, at the sort of in a in a number ten is Kev Nolan. Yes, we find Kev. There he is. Yep. I think f- f- forget Bolton. He's a West Ham man. Uh, yeah. When you when you look back over Nolan's career, it used to be oh yeah that you know that, that Bolton player Kev Nolan. Well. No, I think he's that West Ham man. Um, he, he he's got that real nous about him, and he pop up in dangerous positions. He get goals, he get assists. He brought the best out of his teammates around him. Again, I thought he you know he, he brought the best out of Noble again, um, yeah. and I, he got a lot. He got a tune out of Andy Carroll that no one has ever got um, before or since. Um, and I just I just thought hugely influential player again, a, a leader, which is why he's in this team. I mean, he's I mean he's. His captainship um, is was second to none, really. I think um, he was one of the best captains, a club captain. I think we've ever had at West Ham in, in my time at West Ham, my, my fan career at West Ham. He was he was un- unbelievable, and um, you know there was a lot of skepticism when he came in, obviously because Big Sam, he was Big Sam's boy, but he was what the what we needed we needed that that sort of link between the management and the players and he was like in the middle of that venn diagram and he was brilliant as you said he'd pop up for a goal he, you know he was great for us in the championship when we went up in the premier league he was he'd, he'd score um i thought he was great i thought he was a great captain a great captain and when we again when we interview players who were around during that time they say what you know probably one of the best captains they've ever yeah. worked with because he would like sort everything out and again the influence of him of how on how mark's become a captain you know he was you know mark's you know when you sort of watch his interviews you know he, he always texts people when they join the club and gives them his whatsapp numbers and that's what kev was doing with when, yeah. when players came in so he they you know his influence on mark as well is 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 is, is apparent as well and obviously coming back and being a coach and and I just think he's, yeah, I think he's a great, great bloke. He seems a lovely, he seems a lovely fella as well. You'd love to go yeah. for a pint with him. You know what I mean? He's like those, one of those players you could easily go for a pint with afterwards and uh, he'd tell you some stories, that's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm really glad that he's still at the club and on the coaching team and long may that continue. Definitely, definitely. All right, Mr. Nolan's in. Uh, who is next? So part of a front three, um, Paolo Di Canio. Um, it was a toss-up between him and the best player that any of us have ever seen play for us. Um, but this was a leadership eleven. This was this was someone who played for the badge, um, who done the business for us. Um, so he's got to be in there. I mean, his goal contributions were incredible. Um, the spectacular stuff was great to watch. The passion um, and and there was loyalty there as well. You know, he 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 really put his name on the map playing for West Ham after. After you know being a, a little bit in the in the abyss, uh, we sort of gave him that chance, and he was he was genuinely grateful. I think for that chance, and I think um, you know I had stories of so Alex at Man United come come sort of sniffing around him um, in sort of two thousand two, and um, he didn't take the chance um, because he was grateful to us for for you know for for giving him the opportunities, and and he felt he sort of had a little debt debt to pay off there so um I, you know i don't know the ins and outs of that but that that's sort of what i what i remember happening back then so yeah. um i think he's, he's the ultimate legend for us really and he really um in in the last in the last 20 years yeah totally agree and i think not only i think 
I think with Paolo, we, we, we saved his career um, as, you know, because he was floundering a little bit at Sheffield United. Sheffield Wednesday, rather. He, you know, he'd have a few good games and him and Carbone were good. Um, but he was on the, on the scrap heap, really. Um, I've been pushed over that referee. No one always touch him. Harry took a punt and the rest was history. And he became a Premier League legend, you know, um, and, and in the same you know, breath as you'd say Zola or people like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, that wouldn't have happened if he was still at Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday rather. Um, and he knows that. I'm yeah. pretty sure he knows that. And that's why he has this. But this is weird sort of him and West Ham. There's this weird sort of, it happens a few players where they, the, the team or the club and the player just work. And that was one where they, it just worked. Yeah, can, you know, he just worked, but um, yeah, he was he was a fantastic player. I used to, you know, he was you'd, you'd go and pay your season ticket hot just to see him. Um, he was an entertainer, wasn't he? You, you, it was when football was fun, in my opinion, when football was fun. Um, that was the last era, I think, when it was a, a fun game to watch rather than a technical or a prof, prof, not professional. That's no disrespect, but you know, more of a an elite sport now when yeah. it was. Fun, yeah. you know. You'd have him and John Moncur and Bish and you know Neil Ruddock and Ian Wright, and these guys are just like characters on and off the pitch. And he, that was the last generation, I think, of, of that sort of era. And uh, yeah, I think before the media came into it, with you know, with the yeah. media, you know, now you need to carry yourself, and then c- camera smartphones come in where you, you, you can't do anything. So um, <laughs> I think I think that was you, like you said, that was the last generation before before the, the, the big brotherness came into it all. Yeah, totally. You wouldn't look, get away with half the things they got away with as kid, as players, that's for sure. Right, okay, so we'll put uh, Paolo in, PDC. Who is next, man? Uh, on the other side of the front three um, is one close to my heart, that's Carlos Tevez. Um, just, he, he gave me probably the most memorable season in my, um, in my fandom of the club. Um, it, it just for me, and it's just an absolute legend. I'm mean, particularly as he took a while to get going after that initial yeah. coming in. Um, I was absolutely buzzing. And bearing in mind, we still didn't know loads about because he was coming over from from South America, so he'd not he'd not sort of done it, you know, in La Liga or anything like that. But you knew he was big time. And um, and then he played, and you thought, what's going on here? Like, and you know, half a season, you're willing him on, and he's trying really hard, and then he just exploded with that free kick, didn't it? Um, and he put us on his back and he dragged us out of that rele- relegation battle on the final day. Um, and that's one of my one of my most fondest memories supporting West Ham was was that season and, and that game in particular. Um, so for that reason, there, there's no way that I'd pick a team without him in it. And you're right. I mean, you know, he to be perfectly, you know. Um neutral about it he, he didn't it was like yeah half a season he probably turned up for us wasn't it really properly um but he was just a phenomenal that half season was phenomenal and i just think he was for someone who hadn't played that many games for us the amount of the amount of um influence he's had on as you said your you know he's picked, he's picked in your 11 but he only played you know 20, 20 i don't know how many games he played but it wasn't like a, t- a ton of games but it was just but it was more about him come when he came back and you know he brought back the cross slammers really no one no one i mean did it in the 70s and 80s but no one did that until he did it get playing for man united and there was the argentine game international game where he came on and everyone was just mental absolutely mental he was a a phenomenal, a phenomenal player. It was one of those first ones that I remember watching going, how is he playing for us? Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, he's like an internet. He's like a, a proper player. You know, he's like one on the front of a Panini sticker book. That's how good he was. And uh, yeah, no, he was, he was great. Wasn't he Carlos? He was just Carlitos. He was just, and it was the mystique as well. You know, how he just sort of turned up on this. <laughs> we didn't know nothing about it. And just yeah. next day, he, we've signed this, you know, these two Argentine, Argentine internationals. It's like, when did that happen? It was just mental. I did there with him, looking confused. <laughs> I mean, he just looked like he'd won that he'd won like a lottery. To be honest, Pardew did, and like, and the other two, bless them, they looked like they just literally had been pushed out of a, out of a, a dark van you know they're like squinting yeah. like they've been kidnapped but uh yeah especially when they make him go to bloody uh chadwee to the training sessions and stuff rather than yeah. but, uh, no it's, it's the whole thing about it it's the whole mystique was bizarre around that but we couldn't keep him for another season but i think yeah. 
um, there was there was a lot of politics and money and, and lots of elements probably out of the control of the our club and the player um, that, that determined a lot of his career. To be honest, it is, I mean, I, I I couldn't pretend to understand it to this day exactly what all that was about. But um, either way, I've got the fondest of memories um, that I will, that I'll always cherish, and I've got I've got the, I've got the DVD upstairs somewhere, The Greatest Escape. <laughs> It's just fantastic watch, ain't it? That 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 oh. that when they, when when they bought on Ronaldo at the end there as well to try and to, I think they bought on Ronaldo and possibly Paul Scholes who they yeah. had in this game and I just thought, what are you doing? Like, come on, we've, we're, we're, we're we're nearly over the line. Yeah, they just hated West Ham so much because of we fucked up his, his his lead, didn't we? In the when, when the McCloskey, they hate West Ham, but uh, no, it's true. We had um. Oh yeah, Dan. Dan's written a whole book around that called the um, Dan Hurley, the greatest escape, and it's all about that season. It's just coming out, I think, in no end of this month. It's a good book to check out. So there we go. I'm just just putting a plug in there, but it's all about that season because everyone remembers that game, um, but they forget what a crazy season that season was. There was lots of really weird things that happened in that season. Um, quite quite funny, but uh, no, it's good, man. Um, what was I going to say? So if you put Carlitos in, um, who is the last, last, yep, last piece of this pie? Then? Uh, yeah, the striker uh, is Dean Ashton. I bet you've heard that a lot. Yeah, I mean, Dino, Dino, Dino. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? I mean, if you know, looking back, uh, sort of from the, my sort of age group, um, he's the, the best out-and-out striker in our Premier League as well, not just, you know, not doing like hitting big goals in the championship, but yeah. playing in the Premier League, playing a consistently high level. Um, he just absolutely had it all, didn't he? He could run, he, he had surprising pace um, for a fairly chunky player. Um, but he, you know, he could, he could hold the ball up. He's strong in the air. He had good vision. He could play on his own. Um, and he, he just had it all and his finish, his, his finishing's second to none. And I thought, you know, if he hadn't got the injury, he, he would have gone on to, he would have gone all the way to the top for me. Oh, yeah. A long international career um, and, uh, you know, Champions League and, and whatever else. I mean, the sky was the limit, really. You could see the quality. Um, a friendly, but one of my memories of him is against Roma in a pre-season game. Um, uh, was, that when they all, was that when they all, was that when they all came, was it, was it Roma or was it Napoli? There was one where it all kicked off um, I might be Napoli. Anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah pre-season pre-season game um, against Roma. I believe we was wearing the old white the old white shirt with the XL yeah. shorts, and he picked the ball up not far past the halfway line. No one anywhere near him. He's out wide, and just the pace, just skinned the defender, cut inside, buried it, and I and I just thought, where did that come from? Like you know, for, for a big lad, there was pace, skill, the finish. Um, and it's 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 criminal that he never went on to have the career that he, he deserved, really. Just a West Ham thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. just a West Ham. We you know we get his guy and he he makes get breaks the England squad. We're all happy for him, and then he gets hobbled by you know the smallest player I think ever to play for England or something ridiculous like that. Um, it's just so West Ham, isn't it? And you're right. He had like he was the ideal striker. He was a complete striker. He was the most complete striker I think I've ever seen at the club. Yeah. Um, he could play. He had pace. He was strong enough to hold it up. He had a turn. He had enough pace to get past the defender. He could header. He could shoot. He was a clever. He had a clever brain. Um, and then Kim Sean Mike Phillips nobles him. And then he comes back for that for Mark Noble's testimonial and gets that gets that absolute. Yeah. Um, I was right in front of me where I was sat, and it was um, it, it just the, the ability was just so natural. Um, yeah. He didn't try, did he? It just it just came naturally, and um, yeah, like you said, I think he's the best all round striker I've I've ever seen at the oh, club. Without a doubt, without a doubt, he was just a phenomenal player. I thought he was great, and and a nice bloke. And again, you know, another one who's who's gone into. He's gone into sort of, you know, the, the punditry, and I think he's a really honest pundit as well. I think he's a really, really good pundit as well. So, no, it's all good, man. And and that's and that's the eleven. That that's the eleven. We we've done it, man. Um, 
that's been good see I, I told you it's always an hour literally always an hour it's ridiculous uh, it's not like it's not like an hour and 40 like dennis did um but um, i wasn't really looking forward to another hour and 40 of dennis blessing but uh, no it's really really good man um jeff it's been lovely chatting to you i really really appreciate it thanks really much for your yeah, time i really enjoyed it and um, i appreciate you having me on it's been nice to uh reminisce about a few yeah. my heroes from the last well i mean re realistically the last 20 years because trying to you know pick players that i have clear memories of of, of enjoying their work and 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 reminiscing about some of the guys like like you know like tevez and and uh, and repka has been brilliant of course no exactly and that, that's what that's you know all you all the west ham way and all the other they do all the all the you know the the topical stuff i do nostalgia that's my thing and it's uh it, it's good to look back and, and look and actually you know when not now, because I think times times are well at the moment. But when times are a bit tougher at West Ham, you think actually, you know, we've had some good times, we've had some fun times, and it's all it's all it's a circle of life. It comes around again, doesn't it? And so, you know, that sort of glory years of the Red Nap era, um, you know, the Intertoto Cup, and you know, all those sort of things in fifth and eighth. I mean, could come again could come again maybe not inside the cup but that was well, that was a good night actually met but um um hopefully hopefully a bit, a bit of europa stuff will be nice and and we'll see what happens with the boys but um no, i really appreciate your time jeff and obviously i appreciate everyone for listening or watching whether it's youtube spotify apple ipod whatever apple ipod apple podcast um whatever it is Give it a like, give it a share, and for myself and from Jeff, take care, everyone. Stay safe, wash those hands, come on your wines, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Come on, your wines. <laughs> see you later, guys. Take Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.